Welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. This episode is a fun one. You are going to hear three very cool, very unique stories of how Bryn Jones, the VP of Marketing and Retail at Hughes Culinary, how he earned three amazing pieces of media coverage um, with three amazing angles. And I think it just speaks to the importance of how to get media attention today. So many people are operating like it is 1990 or 2000, even 2010 people. Like it's so different today than it was in 2010. So I think you're going to get not only so much entertainment from these very cool stories in this episode, but honestly, so much education and great takeaways in this episode with Bryn. And I have to say, I have to give Bryn props just right off the bat because I've done well over a hundred episodes on the Become a Media Maven podcast. And he is the, I think the first person who, after our interview, inquired about how to share the episode and how to tease it. And that speaks to his expertise in the marketing industry. Y'all know I have been saying for years, if you are ever featured anywhere, big, small, however insignificant you think it is, you need to share it. You need to do PR on your PR. That's where the profit comes into play. I told you before about a client that I got coverage for on a website about products. The client wasn't impressed. They weren't happy. But it reminded a producer at the Rachel Ray show of a pitch that was sent to them a month earlier because they saw the product on that website and they said, oh, I think I got a pitch about this. Let's get them on the Rachel Ray show. So I just want to give Bryn props for saying, hey, can you send me video? I can upload this to LinkedIn and I can share it with my audience. Like that's what y'all should be doing. But unfortunately, it is very rare. People don't take the five minutes to share coverage that they've been featured on. And you're only hurting yourself when you do that. So props to Bryn for not only this amazing episode, but for honestly being one of those people in the industry who practices what he preaches. So people get ready to be entertained. He tells some pretty fun stories in this episode. wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Bryn, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Super excited to have you here and chat with you about everything marketing and retail. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy happy to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little jealous of your background. Like you look like so slick and cool, and I like got a got a, like some dusty blinds behind me. So I need I need to up my my podcast uh, video cast game, but uh, I'll I'll work on that. Bryn, when I tell you where I am, you are going to change your mind. I am sitting on the floor in my closet. <laughs> Solid. Closets are actually great places for audio because the 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 clothes and everything basically clothes. buffer it. Yeah, it's like you're it's it's almost like you're in a studio booth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. Yes, but I really am just hiding from my children who are in virtual school. That is why my closet has become 
Solid. my office. Yeah. Solid yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tell the kids I'm going to my office and they know that means I'm going to my closet. So, nice. um, Excited to chat with you because you're doing a lot of different things that aren't so traditional in the marketing world. Um, I love hospitality. I love restaurants. A lot of our clients at Media Maven are restaurant clients, and we love getting them coverage on those big awareness days like National Mac and Cheese Day, Taco Tuesday. Like those, those are our jam. You are doing so many unique things, not just with some of the restaurants that you work with, but also turning those restaurant clients into products. You're even working with people and working with people on their personal brands and, and turning some of those things into products. So tell us, in a nutshell, what you do on a day-to-day, -day, and then we'll get into more specifics that people listening can take away and, and apply some strategies to their own business. Very cool. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing that I'm looking for on a day to day basis, and this is like to go super, super, super generic in general, is I'm just trying to identify opportunities. Um, and then how can I leverage those opportunities for a business? It may be a new category that we're looking to get into. It may be, you know, maybe our, our owners looking at a new restaurant or a new restaurant space. And so just really trying to leverage and identify opportunities um, on a day to day basis, um, you know, and uh, th that's really my my focus. So and that's uh, uh, that's that's a little too general. So I'll let you kind of dig down on uh, on what, what I mean by that. Yes. No, I love it. OK, so let's talk about what those opportunities are today, because the opportunities today are very different than what they were even five years ago. And I feel like people are still operating like it's 1990 when it comes to marketing and PR. So tell me what those opportunities are now that you see day to day and what you do with them. Like, give me some specific stories of how you jump on them. Yeah. So the, the biggest thing we try to do again, it's, it's all about opportunities and leveraging that. So um, what we're looking for is just ways, uh, whether you're executing on social or PR, you know, PR, the, the typical uh, thing I always try to look for is why and why now. You know, so if you can answer that story in advance and you can give that story to a reporter or somebody or, you know, producer, uh, if you can answer that and it's relevant to them, then you're essentially going to get free press. So we're looking for those types of opportunities, uh, identifying them. And then sometimes it's just trying to put some piece of content out there, or something that uh, turns somebody's head and, and you know, and, and gets them to pay attention to you. I mean, a, a good kind of a quick story on that. So we have... Uh, uh, I, I wish I could share the photo of it, but it's it's a it's a fox that's kind of like a mascot almost of one of our restaurants. About this tall, uh, he's ridiculous. He's got like a shotgun over his shoulder, and he's got like binoculars, and it's like completely ridiculous setup. But he was like a legit um, kind of like like badass interior decorating piece that cost us like about a thousand dollars for one of our restaurants. And so he sits there. And so one one night, a uh, a, a a couple fairly intoxicated. Uh, uh, individuals decided <laughs> to steal him. Um, oh, and no. so like, like we've got like, you know, we've got like $10,000 bottles of bourbon and wine. Like you think we don't have 48 rests, like cameras all over our restaurant. So we've got the whole thing on camera. And then, uh, somebody in our IT group said, Hey, you know, I've got all this video. Uh, like I found out about it like week, a week later. And so, and then, uh, I'm like, well, let's try to get it back, obviously, right? And so somebody in our, in our IT group says, well, we've, we've got the video. We're going to send it over to IMPD and see if the police department can try to investigate and find this. And I was pretty much like, I'm like, 
I like slow down. I'm like, first, like if we send this to IMPD, like they're gonna laugh us out of the building. They're looking for like murderers and rapists. They're trying to like deal with riots. I'm like, they got really legit important stuff. Like they're gonna laugh us out of this the precinct if we go in there trying to have them find a three foot stuffed fox. Like we're we can't do that, right? Let's be honest. And so we do that and so but then i was like back up i'm like you got video of this and so i get all the video five six different videos of it i edit the whole thing uh, i had a, a gal that, uh, that that was on my team basically edits the whole thing and then posted it on social media before we posted it i called my pr person and i said you're gonna get calls from fox cbs abc nbc like all the local affiliates i said if they ask tell them they can you know pull the video off our facebook feed they can share it uh, they can put it into their broadcast, like full rights, do whatever the hell they want with it. I don't care. Um, and so Mark. long story sh short, that was like two o'clock uh, is when we posted it um, by like two thirty, three o'clock. I mean, it's gone pretty much viral. It's everywhere in Indianapolis. Um, it was like leading the nightly news on like every single, you know, news broadcast. Um, you know, and I put like a $500 or $500 gift card uh, for the reward, you know, leading to the arrest or, you know, or the, the apprehension or whatever. So um, long story short, uh, it, it was everywhere. I mean, it it, uh, it led pretty much every news broadcast. It was everywhere on Twitter, um, Facebook, everything. So long story short, the guy uh, that, that took it basically sends the thing back, sends the fox back in an Uber. Um, like... Like it, it was so bad. Like I, I actually had a, uh, a golf match, uh, you know, me and a buddy of mine, we're in like the championship round of our golf league, right? I had to take my watch off because it kept buzzing with all the text messages and things I was getting. So I looked at my phone after I got done with a round, like hour and a half. I look at my phone, I had 86, like some like 84, 85 missed text messages from people who were like, have you seen this thing's everywhere? And it, it was kind of a hot mess, but it, it was fun. The person returned it. Uh, they were, you know, pretty lighthearted about it. I mean, everybody had funds like who, you know, I think many of us have done something similar to that in an inebriated state. So there were certainly no hard feelings and uh, we kind of had some fun with it. But I mean, that the amount of earned press we got off of that, it was probably six figures um, and it cost us like literally nothing, like zero dollars was our expense to get that much press. And so we've been able to uh, just try to look for opportunities like that. Um, and then in, in other instances, we've actually tried to push, or I try to get practical. Push, push versus pull. When you said that there was video of this stuffed fox being stolen, like I just went back to my days in a TV newsroom. That is like a dream for TV news. Like there were some... Right that would have made like like that were very newsworthy stories but because there was no video they're like no we, we can't cover it we can't show anything what are we going to show the outside of the building like who cares if you have right. video of anything like of course it's going to lead the news like they're right. obsessed with security right. video it's just like yep. a thing in tv news oh my gosh i that might be one of my favorite stories told on the podcast to date it 
It was it was fun. I, I'll give you another quick one, and and again, all uh, looking for opportunities. So another one I did. Uh, so St. Elmo, it's it's that old school classic steakhouse, right? We've got 20, 30 uh, photos of you know Peyton Manning throughout the years, and uh, who was a big advocate and and friend of the restaurant. Like in his retirement speech, you know, he literally says like the first thing he's gonna miss about you know football is like is I'm gonna miss a steak dinner at St. Elmo in Indianapolis after a win, like like broadcast on like every sporting news program across the U.S. is like that's what he said the first thing he's going to miss about you know about about uh, football and so we've got you know Elton John and LeBron and like all these uh, athletes and celebrities and they're all up on the walls right so 600 plus framed celebrity photos on the walls and so and then probably about I would say about five or six years ago I noticed this one photo on the wall that was like it, it was crooked it, like like just a little bit crooked and I started asking, I said, does anybody know who these people are? You know, and it's a small photo about this big. Um, and I said, you know, I'm like, here's what happened. I'm like, this couple, they sat here one night. They framed a little photo of themselves. They had some sticky <laughs> tape on there. It was like totally legit premeditated. And they go and they slap that thing up there. And, you know, and, and so I put it on. Um, I went and put it on. I, I think we put it on maybe Facebook. Uh, through the restaurant's page and it, it, it kind of similar story like it was everywhere like people were sharing it and the couple uh, We ended up finding them. They were local uh, and it was totally good-hearted I was like, hey, I just want to find out who these people are so I can buy them a drink and hear the story on how this thing got up here Because I know I know it wasn't us and so the things everywhere it runs all over the you know news it's on Again, same thing. Every news channel is like talking about it. Like, who's this mystery couple that snuck their photo onto the walls of St. Elmo next to Peyton and, <laughs> you know, and all this stuff. And so it's like, it, it's, it's crazy. It's running everywhere. And so I end up, uh, end up getting uh, the couple, they end up reaching out to us and I'm like, sweet. I'm like, come in. I'm like, let's do a video following the video that we did. And then, you know, and, and again, all of this stuff, we basically give all rights to any of the video for any news channel, whatever, to run with it. Um, and we ended up getting probably, I think we probably got, uh, in terms of tracking it, I think, I, th I want to say we five grand on that in terms of PR, kind of the front end of it um, when we launched the initial video and all the traction we got from that. Um, and that, and that, again, those numbers are just what we can track from a, you know, a, a news clipping standpoint. Um, but we got all that. So, you know, it's plus. so much higher than that because yeah, there's so yeah, much exactly. that you can't track and it lasts forever. Yeah. Unlike ads, when you stop yeah. paying for ads, they disappear. That stuff, I could Google it and find it today. Yeah. If you search Winston, the Fox, St. Elmo, like you'll find <laughs> seven, 10 different, you know, news broadcasts about, you know, Winston, the Fox. So, um, I'm going to put that, that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, like mystery photo at St. Elmo. That that's another one. I mean, it just gets you know a, a ton of press. And so, I think uh, I think what you're doing is is definitely very smart because um, it uh, certainly broadcast media has has changed. Um, I'm I'm a believer pretty firmly, and I, I we don't do any traditional broadcast media, but that mean there isn't a tremendous benefit if you can get that conversation started and and get your media and, and and do it in a way that you get people talking about your brand uh, i think and and that's kind of the genesis of what i'm looking for in opportunities because so many people uh, in marketing they're they're always worried about what they're saying and what they need to kind of reframe the the argument of the conversation is 
They need to think in terms of what other people might say about you and how do you start those conversations? Because if you can do that, then, you know, I mean, social will feed PR. In both of those instances, you know, we got six figures worth of press two times because we posted something on our social, you know, and, and leverage that in a way. And, and to do that, you've got to do social in a way like we don't uh, pretty much pretty firmly. We, we have a policy of don't sell on social media. It's meant to be social. Like you don't want to be that person who's like trying to sell, you know, Lululemon, you know, whatever on their multi-level marketing kind of scheme. Right. Like um, and so our, our policy is basically don't don't sell. And when you do that, you build a following in that, you know, the algorithm responds uh, to people who like your content. And if your content is good, uh, then more people will see it. Um, and but but it's you, you almost have to treat yourself like a broadcast company. Like we look at ourselves as more of a media company in our marketing department than we look at ourselves as a marketing department. And so it's how do we share something that's going to have value to someone that that's our entire that's everything that we're looking for. And that's what there's two two big takeaways I think people can get from from what you just mentioned. One is that traditional media, non-traditional media, it all works together. And I always tell my clients, if we don't handle their social and we get them featured somewhere, we tell them, you need to go to your social, you need to share this, tag the outlet, tag the journalist. And some don't do that. They think, oh, we got the media, we're good, we're done, we don't need to do anything. And we have had on a couple of occasions, had journalists tell us, hey, we'd love to include your client this time. But last time we did, they didn't share what we wrote and they didn't do it, but their competition did. So we're going to go back to their competition because they're sharing our content. So that does happen. Like they work so well with each other. And for SEO purposes, like you can Google something and before you see a website, you can see something on social media. So I like yep. that point. My other point, which I have been preaching since the beginning of time is the two examples that you just shared on that amazing media coverage was not promotional. And the biggest mistake people make, and I got hundreds of emails every day, most of them from terrible PR agencies, some of them from business owners handling their own PR terribly, was a press release, which first of all, we don't do press releases anymore, so stop with the press releases. But it was just overly promotional. like here's our restaurant, this is our menu, give us coverage. Like that's not news. Like right. you have to have, like you said, you have to have something that is new and is exciting and you have to give people a reason to do the story now. So what do you say to people, Bryn, who are still operating because there are so many, because I don't know if they Google like how to do PR, but like, I wish I had a dollar for every person <laughs> who sent me a message on LinkedIn that said, how much do you charge for a press release? And I'm like, what do you want a press release for? Well, I want to get in the news. Well, it doesn't work like that. Like it's right. not 1990. So what do you say to people who are still using these antiquated marketing strategies that just don't work anymore? Um, I say keep it up, especially if they're in my market, because it allows us to <laughs> crush them from a branding standpoint. Um, no, it's, it, I mean, it's like you said, I mean, you can get press different ways. I believe in I believe in the traditional press release, but only if it's like such a good idea, people are going to see it on a newswire and go, okay, I, I'm, I'll pick this up. But to do it in a traditional way, 
it's almost just irrelevant. But so one one thing we've done so. Uh, a business partner of mine and, and uh, a separate retail product is Joey Chestnut Eats. And Joey is the dude that eats all the hot dogs on 4th of July. So um, gets it generates, you know, literally like hundreds of millions of dollars of media impressions a year um, near near the, the B number. Like it's almost a billion, I think. Competitive eating per year generates two billion media impressions. That's all they do. That's their that's their gig, and Joey is the biggest reason all of that happens. And so that's something that I had pushed for him, and and he had never really done any type of press release, any type of those those types of things. And so I pushed him. I'm like, next time you do an eating challenge that he posted on on YouTube, I'm like, let's do a press release. We did that. It was his, it was a video where he ate. Uh, I'm not exaggerating. I think it was 32 or 33 Big Macs in like in like one sitting um, that makes me ill like it, it, yeah, no offense it, no offense to <laughs> this lovely talented man yeah but that's it's a weird gig <laughs> it's a it's a weird gig and he's like he's the best ever at it you know and so whenever somebody's the best at any given task or, or profession like it's kind of interesting like you totally. probably want to have a podcast with the best Walmart greeter in the history of oh, that would be amazing. That would be really interesting, right? Well, Joey is that, and he also is in something that's just really strange. But any back to the video ideas, it, it, it crushed it. I mean, that video because we had so much press and it was everywhere. It was TMZ and USA Today, I and mean, it, was, it was everywhere. And we ended up getting over three million views on that video. And I think the press release definitely helped push that. But back to your question, I think the two things um that we look at and and why you need to treat marketing and 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 media and pr differently is um you can't pay for attention anymore it doesn't work um magazine coverage uh newspapers all of that media it's like the only situation where as your distribution goes down your price goes up because they still got to print the thing and they still have overhead costs and um you know and and news reporters um they're actually reviewed and compensated based on the number of views that their articles get you know so back to your question earlier like when what we try to do um two two quick things for for media and how to get media at least if you're in the restaurant industry one feed them like like a hundred dollars worth of free food gets you a thousand dollars worth of press like are you crazy like do that often um that's that's a quick easy hack right there like they like to eat um but the big thing that we do is we try to support their agenda you know i try to give them a story that has value to them and is going to be something that gets eyeballs and and adds value to whatever message publication whatever that they're trying to do and if you do that alone you're going to you're going to get more attention you're going to get more press so if we get an article or win an award or have something published in a magazine journal whatever um we we promote the hell out of it and i try to push that attention to their media properties because again they're going to be you know they're going to see that and then next year if that same award happens again you know i'm going to make sure to push that out again because it's it's helping their agenda which benefits them and and they track that stuff like you said they're they're looking at that so um i think it's the the biggest thing is look for opportunities stop selling and find ways to add value to other people's conversation and it, it can't be about what your agenda is and the three stories that you shared those those three things that that hit really big with the media were for i think two big reasons one they were non-promotional 
They knew you weren't trying to, you know, sneak your way in by getting, you know, a free commercial. And two, nobody else could have told those stories. Nobody else had a stuffed fox stolen. Nobody else was looking for the mystery couple on the wall. And nobody else can eat that much freaking food in one sitting and be known for doing that. Like you had three things that nobody else could talk about. And when we talk about pitching to be on podcasts, I always tell people, why are you the person to talk about this? Because talk about marketing, anybody can talk about PR, anybody can talk about social. Why are you the one to talk about this? And nobody else could have done or told those three stories that you told on this podcast. So I think that's a big takeaway. I think people, maybe they're playing it too safe and maybe they just don't understand how competitive it is. Like people, this is free media exposure. Like when, when I get clients on the Today Show and they're like, oh, cool, thanks. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand how hard this is. You don't understand how many people wanna be on the Today Show. And if you had to pay for this, how much that would cost. And then even if you do pay for it, you don't get the credibility. You don't get the authority. People know it's an ad and it doesn't mean a whole lot. So I think people need to step up their game. They need to stop playing it to really find out what's different about them and talk to your customers and your clients and people around you or else you're not going to get these stories. Like you would not have known there was video of Mr. Fox walking out the door. You wouldn't, I mean, you you really have to think outside of the box. So I love that you told all of those stories because I think that's a great way for people to learn. And I'm going to link to those stories in the show notes for this episode so people can check them out because they are very entertaining. Yep. Um, anything else, okay. Bryn, that you want to add that I should have asked? Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, I, I like totally like geek out and nerd out on all things PR, media, marketing. So, I mean, I probably could it would be like a four hour podcast that I think you and I would enjoy. But, um, but yeah. But I need to get I, out of the closet sometime today. I, I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 literally. Yeah. Um, I think, I think to, to, to cap it, kind of what you had said is I, I think how people get out of that. And I think the reason why traditional media is, is still failing for so many people, I think it stems from, uh, it, it's kind of three things that I would target. One is empathy. Um, I learned very early on in my career, starting in sales and then transitioning to marketing, that whatever I think, whatever I want is completely irrelevant. It just doesn't matter. It's what a customer wants to see. It's what somebody in the media wants to share. And so my story is only relevant if somebody else thinks it is. And so unless you can put yourself in somebody else's shoes, you're always going to be you're always going to have trouble getting that organic and that natural lift in whatever your message is. And so that's, I think it has to start um, with empathy. And then the two things uh, that, that really fail, I think one is you can be mediocre in marketing and live forever. Like, like me, like nobody is fired for mediocrity. You get fired for like train wreck, bad ideas. Um, And so why why that happens or why that exists is in operations and in typical businesses you know on the operations side everything is very it's, it's binary it's black and white the the guest was on time they were late the food was hot or it's cold uh, it's right or it's wrong the person showed up or they didn't everything that they work in in a typical operational setting is it's very objective it's it's just black and white whereas in marketing 
you know, like, is Google's logo a good logo? Well, ask 100 people, you're going to get 100 different responses. And so it's hard to really identify whether something was objectively really good or not. In PR, you can do that because you can measure it, right? Same as social. So, um, but pushing yourself uh, to get out of your comfort zone um, and do something that's a little out there, you, that's the only way you're really going to support somebody else's agenda, which is in turn going to give you more organic reach on whatever you're doing. In the second place, um, our the the leadership kind of structure here, and my boss, who's the owner uh, of St. Omo, I mean, he's it's very decentralized leadership. You know, he gives me a lot of autonomy to do these crazy ass ideas and <laughs> and come up with stuff that gets us press. So um, you can't you, you know you can't put somebody in a marketing position and then tell them what to do because a boss is going to say we need to promote our products. Well, if you promote your products on social media, the message will fail. And that's why you see McDonald's who has 80 million followers on their Facebook. I get more organic. I get more likes and organic traction on some of the stuff that I put out, even personally on my LinkedIn page, the McDonald's is getting with 78 million followers. And they're doing it because all they ever do is sell. They're not providing any value to anyone. So um, bosses, owners of companies that may be listening to this, let your marketing people craft a message that actually people want to receive and has value. And that can be done in one of three ways. You can either educate, entertain, um, or motivate someone. And if you're putting out content that doesn't educate, motivate, entertain, you're failing. You're just not going to win because all you're doing is pushing out your agenda that nobody's going to interact with. And if they don't interact with it, it crushes your algorithm and you get no attention. So it's, I think it's those, those three things. A hundred percent. And I agree with you on like, you just got to let people do their job. And in my experience, as the owner of a PR agency, we have had clients and everybody thinks like, I think it's a myth that like, you need a big company and a lot of money to get all this press coverage. Usually the bigger the company, the harder it is because they make it hard on you. They like want to approve everything and let's run this by legal. And there's so much red tape that you're going to miss the opportunity, especially when it comes to media, where it's like, we need things quickly. And right. you mentioned, we. I just can't not mention Wendy's Twitter account and how amazing it is if right. you're talking about McDonald's. Like a Twitter account like Wendy's, like they just, um, they just roast all of their competition right. in such a funny way that right. it is so entertaining. Like I don't even eat it. But I will follow them on Twitter for entertainment. Right, right. It's, it's amazing. It, it adds it adds value, and they're not selling anything. And, no. and the, the other piece, last piece on that, I think we haven't really touched on is social media is as as it's defined is is meant to be social. So Wendy's has a brand identity. You like when they push something out, it's like it's coming from that brand and anybody that's handling social media, you need to take it serious enough that it, it needs to almost have the voice of the owner or the business at the top level. And a lot of companies just go, hey, go put us on Facebook, go get an Instagram thing. Hey, TikTok is big, go figure that out. And they they don't give people the autonomy um, to, to manage it in some cases. And in other cases, they give them so much autonomy and they they don't watch it. They don't know what's going on and they don't know that they're basically pushing stuff out there that you know, like maybe your cousin's, you know, nephew's intern shouldn't be running your account. <laughs> you should take it a little bit more seriously. But once the person is up to speed and they're they're doing very well with it, that's something that you have to own internally 
last thing I, I will say on PR, just in general, um, that's the only real part of our business that we actually do not do um, in-house. We do social in-house. We do a lot of our ad creation, a lot of our photography, so much of what we do in-house. Um, but PR, I highly recommend everybody that I talk to in this space to hire somebody that does PR because they have the relationships with media. They know the producers. They know how to position things in a way that will be more likely to get press. And so um, whenever anybody's looking at how to tackle PR, social, digital, I think a lot of that stuff you're going to want to bring in-house. Because if I'm doing, if I hire somebody to do social that doesn't live in our building, it's never going to be as good as if I put the resources towards it and do it myself. But PR, the conversation and the value lives outside of our building and outside of our organization and so in order to really leverage and maximize that you're essentially paying for that person's one their expertise and two their contacts and their connections um, that's essentially what you're paying for so uh, i think pr is probably the most undervalued and the best roi in business right now if it's if it's done correctly and it's hard my frustration with it and i think this comes not just from having a PR agency, but from coming from being a TV reporter and anchor is so many people don't understand what it is. And it takes yeah. so much education and people want it to work a certain way. And it just doesn't work that way. Like it's, it's right. one of the very few things in marketing that we can't give you any guarantees. Like I have potential clients say, okay, well, where are you going to get me? And when are you going to get me there? And it's like, Nobody in PR can tell you that. Like yeah. I can tell you what what I would do, what we have done in the past, what it's like working in a newsroom and how we filter stories and cover them. But because this is all earned media, nobody can guarantee you anything. And there are a lot of PR agencies who guarantee things that they cannot. And those you should run from or you should get those guarantees in writing so your ass is covered. Right. <laughs> it's a tricky industry. It's a very tricky industry. And it's constantly changing as the media changes. So I think it's so important for everybody to keep their finger on the pulse of what's happening. Like if I'm going to own a PR agency, I'm going to have a podcast. I'm going to be on podcasts. I'm still going to be on TV. Like it speaks volumes, Bryn, that you are coming on my podcast. Like clearly you understand marketing and you understand the value of being a guest on a podcast. There's a lot of people in your position who still don't get it because again, they're operating like, it's 10 years ago, like, oh, what's a podcast? So it's so right. important to be on top of, of the industry and what's going on. Um, Bryn, we could talk, talk all day. We really could, but I got to get out of the closet. Um, <laughs> this has been great. If people want to find out more about you, where, where can they connect with you? Uh, be best place I live, um, I, I live on LinkedIn. That's pretty much the only social media that uh, for our business, I've got us everywhere. But in terms of my personal social media, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'll be pretty easy to find. So I'm pretty active in that space. So yeah, hit me on uh, on LinkedIn with any questions or thoughts or or just the connection. Perfect. I will link to um, HughesCulinary.com. We will find those stories that you can visit to find out more about Winston the Fox, the mystery photo at St. Elmo, um, the man who can eat a million Big Macs in a minute. And then we will also link to your LinkedIn profile. Thank you so much, Bryn. Perfect. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You're definitely going to want to connect with Bryn Jones on LinkedIn. I am sharing his information in the show notes for this episode. You can also meet Winston the Fox. You can meet that mystery couple. 
that put their picture on the wall at St. Elmo. And I'm not lying when he said this. I was like, oh, my gosh, where can I go and slap my picture on a wall in the restaurant? Because now that sounds like something that I want to do. And um, the hungry man that just has a bottomless stomach. I will share that in the show notes as well for this episode. Lots of goodness in there. So make sure you check it out. You can find them at becomeamediamaven.com as usual. And I'm all the places on social at Christina all day. Find me on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. You know how you can get to me. I'm everywhere. And I am social on social. I will respond back. So let's have a little conversation over there, people. If you haven't already, please tap that subscribe button. I would appreciate a rating and a review if you haven't left one already. And I know a lot of you haven't. I see my download numbers and I see my ratings and reviews. So make sure you head there. Tell me what your favorite episode has been so far on the Become a Media Maven podcast. I will see you again right here in just a couple more days.